0: Part One, Chapter Three of Life and Times of Frederick Douglass by Frederick Douglass. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part One, Chapter Three, Troubles of Childhood. Once established on the home plantation of Colonel Lloyd, I was with the children there, left to the tender mercies of Aunt Katie, a slave woman who was to my master what he was to Colonel Lloyd disposing of us in classes or sizes he left to aunt katy all the minor details concerning our management she was a woman who never allowed herself to act greatly within the limits of delegated power no matter how broad that authority might be ambitious of old master's favor ill-tempered and cruel by nature she found in her present position an ample field for the exercise of her ill-omened qualities she had a strong hold upon old master for she was a first-rate cook and very industrious she was therefore greatly favored by him and as one mark of his favor she was the only mother who was permitted to retain her children around her and even to these her own children she was often fiendish in her brutality cruel however as she sometimes was to her own children she was not destitute of maternal feeling and in her instinct to satisfy their demands for food she was often guilty of starving me and the other children. Want of food was my chief trouble during my first summer here. Captain Anthony, instead of allowing a given quantity of food to each slave, committed the allowance for all to Aunt Katie to be divided by her after cooking amongst us. The allowance consisted of coarse cornmeal, not very abundant, and which, by passing through Aunt Katie's hands, became more slender still for some of us. I have often been so pinched with hunger as to dispute with old nep the dog for the crumbs which fell from the kitchen table many times have i followed with eager step the waiting girl when she shook the tablecloth to get the crumbs and small bones flung out for the dogs and cats it was a great thing to have the privilege of dipping a piece of bread into the water in which meat had been boiled and the skin taken from the rusty bacon was a positive luxury with this description of the domestic arrangements of my new home i may here recount a circumstance which is deeply impressed on my memory as affording a bright gleam of a slave mother's love and the earnestness of a mother's care i had offended aunt Katie, i do not remember in what way for my offences were numerous in that quarter greatly depending upon her moods as to their heinousness and she had adopted her usual mode of punishing me namely making me go all day without food for the first hour or two after dinner-time, I succeeded pretty well in keeping up my spirits. But as the day wore away, I found it quite impossible to do so any longer. Sundown came, but no bread. And in its stead came the threat from Aunt Katy, with a scowl well suited to its terrible import, that she would starve the life out of me brandishing her knife she chopped off the heavy slices of bread for the other children and put the loaf away muttering all the while her savage designs upon myself against this disappointment for i was expecting that her heart would relent at last i made an extra effort to maintain my dignity but when i saw the other children around me with satisfied faces i could stand it no longer i went out behind the kitchen wall and cried like a fine fellow when wearied with this, I returned to the kitchen, sat by the fire and brooded over my hard lot. I was too hungry to sleep. While I sat in the corner, I caught sight of an ear of Indian corn upon an upper shelf. I watched my chance and got it. Then shelling off a few grains, I put it back again. These grains I quickly put into the hot ashes to roast. I did this at the risk of getting a brutal thumping, for Aunt Katie could beat as well as starve me. My corn was not long in roasting, and I eagerly pulled it from the ashes and placed it upon a stool in a clever little pile. I began to help myself when who but my own dear mother should come in. The scene which followed is beyond my power to describe. The friendless and hungry boy, in his extremest need, found himself in the strong protecting arms of his mother. I have before spoken of my mother's dignified and impressive manner. I shall never forget the indescribable expression of her countenance when I told her that Aunt Katie had said she would starve the life out of me. There was deep and tender pity in her glance at me, and at the same time a fiery indignation at Aunt Katie, and while she took the corn from me and gave in its stead a large ginger cake, she read Aunt Katie a lecture which was never forgotten. That night I learned, as I had never learned before, that I was not only a child, but somebody's child. I was grander upon my mother's knee than a king upon his throne. But my triumph was short. I dropped off to sleep, and waked in the morning to find my mother gone, and myself at the mercy again of the virago in my master's kitchen, whose fiery wrath was my constant dread. My mother had walked twelve miles to see me, and had the same distance to travel over again before the morning sunrise. I do not remember ever seeing her again." Her death soon ended the little communication that had existed between us, and with it, I believe, a life full of weariness and heartfelt sorrow. To me it has ever been a grief that I knew my mother so little, and have so few of her words treasured in my remembrance. I have since learned that she was the only one of all the colored people of Tuckahoe who could read. How she acquired this knowledge I know not for tuckahoe was the last place in the world where she would have been likely to find facilities for learning i can therefore fondly and proudly ascribe to her an earnest love of knowledge that in any slave state a field hand should learn to read is remarkable but the achievement of my mother considering the place and circumstances was very extraordinary in view of this fact I am happy to attribute any love of letters I may have, not to my presumed Anglo-Saxon paternity, but to the native genius of my sable, unprotected, and uncultivated mother, a woman who belonged to a race whose mental endowments are still disparaged and despised. End of chapter 3